Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. In Major League Baseball, seven-inning no-hitter is apparently deemed not. The NBA playoff race continues to go down to the wire for some teams. And that's about it, I think. I think we'll just hit on those main topics and maybe throw around Mark Emmert getting an extension till 2025, and we'll see where that takes us. Oh, it's the draft night. Our fault. We only held out recording this show to wait for Thursday night, to wait to do it during the draft, because at this time of recording, we're only halfway through, and it's 1030 Eastern time. What's happening to our society where these things are going to 1 a.m.? We're watching people get picked for a draft. Anyway, nobody circles the wagons quite like the National Football League on our show, and that will be mostly the whole show this week because... It is draft week. It is draft day. The most exciting time of the year for you football fans. For weeks, these useless rumors and circulations and maybes and sources, blah, blah, blah. And then draft night comes, the first round beckons, and all of it goes out the window because nobody actually really knows anything. So all you can do as fans is to just shut up, keep your opinions to yourself, and just wait and see how everything plays out. Relax. We don't need 10 and 20 tweets every day for two weeks telling us what your favorite team is going to do only for it to go out the window when it actually comes up. There's the end of that rant. Now to the draft itself. Interesting to say the least. Al, we talked about this for the last couple of weeks with everyone else, because again, nobody circles the wagons quite like the national football league. The only thing set in stone in the early going was Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars. To no surprise, that's where he ended up. Then things got a little tricky because it started to come out that the Jets were going to take Zach Wilson. Okay, we could accept that. Our main beef has been how Justin Fields isn't your next quarterback off the board at three, at four, at five, wherever it may be. He needs to be the next name. And we got to the crux of the third pick in the draft, which the 49ers decided to draft up to. Rumors swirled all week. Who do they like? Do they like all five quarterbacks? Are they going to go with Mac Jones? What's the story going to be for the 49ers? And it comes to fruition that the guy that they seemingly liked all along was their pick and someone that we both can't believe was taken as the number three pick in the NFL draft, Trey Lance, North Dakota State. Talk to me, Al. Absolutely unfathomable. The coach takes the podium a couple days ago and takes questions and says absolutely nothing. He won't even guarantee that the sun is going to come up the next day. 
He didn't guarantee and we'd be alive on Sunday. Very interesting take. Very interesting. After take. all of the discussion, after all of the tweeting, all of the texting, all of the rumors, all of the discussions, all of the trade talk, North Dakota State, not North Carolina State, as I said, not ND. ND State for the third overall pick in the draft. Trey, don't call me Stu Lance. No knock on the kid who's played a heartbeat of college football at a lower level of college football against mediocre competition. That is what the San Francisco 49ers gave up two first round picks to trade up to the three spot for. Not Justin Fields. No. Not the Alabama quarterback, and rightfully so, and rightfully so with the Alabama quarterback, but not Justin Fields. No. Trey Lance, don't blink if you've missed the film on him. Don't blink if you've missed the game on him, all right, because that's all there was to say. Against the powerhouse for the powerhouse of NC State, North Dakota State, perennial national champ at the lower level of college football. Yes, it's college football. Yes, it's quality college football. But it's not Division One. It's not the SEC. It's not the ACC. It's not the Big Ten. It's not the Pac-12. It's not the Big 12. It's not even the WAC, the Mountain West. It's N.D. State, the third pick in the draft. The third pick in the draft. Not only did you take him with the third pick in the draft, you gave up massive draft cachet to move up to get him. Who's taking with the third pick in the draft? Who's taking him? Where did all the Trey Lance discussion, where did all the Trey Lance firepower, where did all the Trey Lance fireworks come from? Mina Kimes? Is she responsible for this? The highest ceiling, the nonsense this morning on First Things First. He could have the highest ceiling. How? Tell me how. Tell me how Trey Lance has the highest ceiling in this draft. Who have you seen him play against? Pop Warner? What do you? How does he have a higher ceiling than Justin Fields? How does he have a higher ceiling than the number one overall pick in the draft? I'm, I'm dazed. I'm confused. I'm lost. I'm stunned. The know-it-all coach who paid Jimmy G a boatload, now is going to trade up two first-round picks for, I guess, the guy who's going to sit behind Jimmy G who you're paying a fortune, and then you're going to dump Jimmy G for Trey Lance. Trey fucking Lance from North Dakota State, people, is the third. I'm sure he's a great kid, and I'm sure he's got great potential. Who was taking Trey Lance at number three? Who did they, who traded out of three? Do we remember who traded out of three? The Dolphins. Were the Dolphins going to take Trey Lance? I don't think so. They got Tua. So what exactly was the purpose of all this? I am lost. Tell me, Coach Shanahan, your father won two Super Bowls. You gave away one. You ain't getting one with Trey Lance. 
This is a move that in all probability, the AWP old report portion of the show prediction is that this is a pick. First of all, not just a pick. What they did to get the pick will cost the general manager his job. Mark my words. John Lynch is not long for the San Francisco 49er general manager job. This is a moronic move. It's asinine to give up what they gave up to trade up for a player that nobody was going to take in the spot they traded up to. Because the team they traded up with already had a quarterback. The Falcons were going to take Trey Lance. They could have taken Justin Fields. They didn't because they've got a quarterback who is their quarterback for the next couple of years. And they need help. They need players. They took the all-world tight end. Can't believe it. Don't get it. I refuse to have anyone explain to me the mindset where you give up two first-round draft picks. Not one. Two. To move up to number three in a spot where nobody's going to take the player. He would have been there at 12. I think that's where they were originally. I can't even remember. Were they at 12? Were they at 10? Were they at 9? They would have been they at were, 12. Been. Nobody took a quarterback until 12, which was Justin Fields. When the Bears traded in, the Bears are the big winners of the draft. They get the second best quarterback of the draft at 12. The Jets fall in love with their guy, the BYU Flash. And the Bears get their best quarterback since Sid Luckford. And they get him by giving up next to nothing. Great job by the Bears. Who'd what thought we'd be saying are that? the San Francisco 49ers doing on Fathom? It's different than us disliking Trey Lance as a person and who he could be at quarterback. That's not the argument. That's I know the first overall pick is a potential to be a great quarterback. I know Justin Fields has the potential to be a great quarterback because they played great against great competition at the highest level. I don't know that the BYU kid has the potential to be a great quarterback because I haven't seen him play against competition at the highest level. And I haven't seen this kid play against the competition at any reasonable level. He's fast. Great. He can make throws. Great. He throws to guys who are time zones away from their defenders. Just, it is absolutely an inexplicable move, an inexplicable mindset. A, a entire strategy that I have no reasonable explanation for. None. Zero. You could have sat at 12 and gotten them. Or traded up a couple spots and gotten them if you wanted them so bad. Instead, you give up two first-round picks for a quarterback from North Dakota State. The interesting part about it, too, is the last we saw of Trey Lance was when he made North Dakota state trot out onto the field for that one game in the fall in 2020, when the world was imploding around us, he said, hold on a second. I'm going to play this one more game. So y'all get one more chance to look at me out here. Curiouser and curiouser why he wanted to play central Arkansas on October 3rd. The juggernaut. Curious even still that his teammates didn't say, hey, man, we're, we're playing spring football this year. Good luck in your future endeavors. 
we're not getting ready for one game and then shutting it down for the rest of the year and risking ourselves playing out here to begin with in October. Well, in that game, he went out and threw for 149 yards, ran for 143, though, Al, and they won 39-28 against Central Arkansas. Well, you, you have to remember the level of competition. It was, it was the juggernaut defense of Central Arkansas. Other games of note from the 2019 season include a 28-20 victory in the FCS championship against James Madison. The Dukes. A win before that. Tough. Montana State, 42-14. Okay. James Madison had a hell of a season. They are a juggernaut at that level. They're always right in the mix for the, for the national title. So that's a tough game, 28-20. You'll get games where they'll win 46 to 14 against Northern Iowa or 56 17 against Youngstown State. But then you'll also get games like a 23 to 16 win against South Dakota State where he threw for 62 yards. Through the first one, two, three, four, five, six games of that season, he didn't break 200 yards passing. Now, no you could argue you don't need to against these teams. But I no interceptions. How many yards you got to throw to beat South Dakota State? How are you only beating Illinois State to end the season 9-3 and throwing for a buck 35? I don't know because we're not watching these football games, so I can't be too much of a judge. I don't don't understand the tape that's getting looked at and, and the combine film and the interview process. We're not saying that there's not potential. We're not ripping Trey Lance as a person and that he's some piece of garbage that doesn't deserve to get drafted. It's just curious why the Niners felt the need to trade what they did to move up to the number three spot when it appeared that there was no one that was going to jump the gun to take Trey Lance and he would have fell into their lap much like a quarterback a couple picks later fell into someone's lap which we'll get to. And remember folks this is not a knock on the kid. This is a knock on because I made the same argument the last two weeks with the strategy if this was a trade up to get the Alabama quarterback because those were the rumors and I made the same exact argument. No one was going to take him at three. Why did you have to give up two draft picks, two first round picks to trade up to three to get a quarterback that nobody was going to take where you were? It's the same. It's a different player, but it's the same exact argument. And, oh, by the way, where did that player go? He went 15th to the New England Patriots, where he should have went all along. And the Pats didn't have to do a damn thing to move up to get him. He was there. The same way this player would have been there, the same way he would have been there for the Niners, who supposedly were going to tra- take him at three and didn't, and the same way Trey Lance would have been there for the Niners as well. And if you possibly had a suspicion that he wasn't going to be there, why in the world did you have to make this move when you made it? Sit. Sit on draft day and see what transpires. You can always make the deal now. Just like the Bears did. When they moved up a couple spots to get their guy. Ridiculous. Simply ridiculous. I'm wondering if the Niners have any concept and John Lynch has a clue as to how the draft works. And to what exactly the rationale was by giving up massive draft cachet to get a player you could have gotten in all probability where you were originally. 
Well, there's also been a lot of onus put on Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers head coach. He's given the keys to the kingdom and he's been pegged as this quarterback. I'm a little tired of the Kyle. I'm I'm a little tired of the Kyle Shanahan genius mode. Where did this come from? Why has this been the main narrative of you can give him somebody off the street and he's going to turn them into a playoff contender? He's, he's good, but do, did we already forget the Falcons game? I haven't. And you know, what, what has he done with the 49ers? Okay. Why is he pegged now as the guy? Well, the Ram coach was the guy. Form Trey what happened to the Ram coach? Hall of Famer. What, what happened to the Ram coach? He got the pants coached off him in the Super Bowl. Pants coached right off him. And then, boom, his quarterback is gone. Quarterback takes the heat. The quarterback takes the heat for one of the worst coaching jobs by a supposed offensive guru in the history of the Super Bowl. So who takes the heat? Quarterback. All of a sudden, he doesn't like his quarterback. Doesn't like his quarterback. This coach gives away a Super Bowl when he's got the Super Bowl in his hip pocket comes out throwing on first down instead of working clock against the chefs two years ago. Goes one, two, three and out. Gives it all right back to Kansas City instead of ramming the ball down their throat and working clock. And now, guess what? Just like the Ram coach, the boy genius, this coach has got to be his quarterback's fault. So his quarterback gets hurt last year. They have a stinker of a year. Uh, the quarterback they paid a fortune to. Now it's time to turn the page because it's not the coach's fault. Not the coach's fault who gave away a Super Bowl. Just like the Flyboy, who has every play of the last 27 years of his life memorized from every game he's ever been involved in. How many Super Bowls has that won me? Count the rings, hold up a clenched fist, zero, including one of the worst offensive performances in the history of all Super Bowls. Ugh. Now, this coach. Who gave? Who had? Who had a Super Bowl in his hip pocket? In his hip pocket, dominated the game, gave it away. Blame the quarterback. Blame the quarterback for your ass nine play call. He overthrew one ball. One ball could have been a touchdown. Tough throw with pressure. You're the one who called one, two, three, and out when you had the ball game completely under control. Running game's working. Let me come out and throw it three times. That was you, young coach Shanahan. Your father won two. That's two more than you're ever going to win. Mark my words. Mark my words. The coach and the general manager will be out of there before Trey Lance makes a pro bowl. Remember where you heard it. Remember where you heard it. We just need to pump the brakes is all we're saying on on so many things in this league. He's a good coach with quarterbacks. He has turned good quarterbacks into, wow, what an incredible season quarterbacks. But you still got to win football games. You're the coach of the entire team now, not just the quarterback position. Everybody, it's it's the new report approach to life. Everybody is an instant superstar. A little bit of success makes you a 
Hall of Fame. Whether you are a player, whether you're a coach, whether you're a GM, all it takes is a heartbeat. Greatness is long-term success, achievement, consistency at the highest level. It's not, had a hell of a year. Boy, he coached a great game. Boy, he had a great year that year. It's being very good to great all the time. If not all of the time, most of the time. That's what great is. Great is not a great season and then mediocrity for three years. Great is not three great games and seven that suck. Great is not throwing for seven touchdowns, one game, three interceptions the next, one touchdown, two and two, three and three, zero and one. Great is playing at the highest level, coaching at the highest level with success and with consistency. Not had a great season, not had a great game, not had a great quarter, not what a great quarterbacks coach. Quarterbacks coach are specialists. That's great if you're a quarterback coach. If you're a head coach, it's about molding a winning society. It's about molding a continual, nonstop, consistent, winning mode. See Bill Belichick. Hate to say it. See Pete Carroll. Say what we want about Pete. Hate to say Playoffs that too. every year. Playoffs every year. Players coach, three yards in a cloud of dust. Russell Wilson, sick of him. Russell Wilson was made by Pete Carroll. Success. Year in, year out, always there. Things you can bank on. Things you can count on. Organizational success from the top down. It's the owner. It's the general manager. It's the coach. How you mold it. How you build it. I don't understand what the San Francisco 49ers are doing. And I don't know if they have any idea what they're doing. Kyle Shannon at the podium the other day was a joke. Why bother going to the podium if you're going to talk like that? Why bother taking questions if you're going to answer them like that? Better off you say nothing. Better off you don't make an ass of yourself while you're trying to make asses of the people asking the question. The ball's in his court now. He's made that clear from that press conference and just in general. And hey, if Trey Lance is your guy and you think you could win with him, show us. That's all. I'm I'm not rooting against him. Six and ten, four and twelve, thirteen and three, another lost Super Bowl in twenty nineteen. Now you supposedly have your guy. You're going to have Jimmy G there for now. And what was the record last year? What was the record last year? We wanted to bring that up. Uh, five wins? Six. Six wins last year. How many winning that. seasons for college? That would be one out of four. How many? One out of four. One out of four. That's the winning culture that has been built by the boy genius. Ridiculous. Let's see it. That's all I'm saying. And, Let's see it. And look, if it walks like a douche and it talks like a douche, chances are it's a douche. All right. There's another shirt for us. That's three shirts now. The show's made. 
we got to get a marketing team together. So that was a surprise. Not that they won quarterback, but who actually became the quarterback. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Kyle Pitts to the Falcons at four, not shocking. I don't think that changes anything for the Falcons this year. They could throw as many elite players around Matt Ryan as they could, and it's not going to get them success at the playoffs, as we've seen. So he'll be nice to have, but they're obviously going to have to wait and see who the successor of well, Matt they're, Ryan Well, they're, they're, they're going to do their best to make sure the defense never goes out the field. <laughs> That's the best way to put This it. is a player that everyone has raved about. I don't knock them for taking him. No, I don't either. Um, he's the best he, guy. He is a, br- he's a brilliant talent by all accounts, by every scout, every draft Nick, every coach or GM that you talk to um, raves about him. So you know, who, who are we to attack that? And, oh, by the way, he did play in the SEC. Uh, he did play for Florida, and he's been a terrific player at Florida. So – you know, and it's not like the Falcons are loaded with tight, the tight end position. They've got wide receivers. Uh, they've got a quarterback that a lot of people love that I don't, but they've given him some more help. Uh, now they need to spend the rest of the draft on the defensive side of the ball. At five, then comes five. Then comes five. Interesting then decision. Then comes Interesting the, decision. Big, the big decision. This is the, the memo decision, that we missed. The big decision, do we protect our quarterback? with the best left tackle in the draft, or do we abide by our quarterback's wishes and get his favorite wide receiver that he played with in college, and they abide by their quarterback's wishes, and they get the best wide receiver supposedly in the draft, certainly a great college player, and by all accounts, the number one wide receiver, uh, Jamar Chase, LSU, teammates with Joe Burrow in that legendary, stunning all-time season two years ago, rejoins his Heisman Trophy-winning teammate. Uh, and the big offensive lineman from Oregon is passed on until seven, which was an excellent pick. But he doesn't go at six either because at six, another SEC quarterback and wide receiver combo is reunited. Uh, Jalen Waddle jumps over his teammate, the Heisman Trophy winner, and goes to the fish and is reunited with Tua. And as I said to you before, my only concern is the ankle. I don't watch the 22. I'm not a scout. I'm just the old report who watched Jimmy Brown. Jalen Waddell is the most electrifying, exciting player in this draft. If that ankle is healthy, the Dolphins have gotten themselves an incredibly gifted offensive player for both the wide receiver position and and I know it doesn't last long from the return scenario. Guys who are great punt and kickoff returners and very few kickoff returners anymore. But what we often see once they get into the pros, that's a very short-lived specialist. When they're a full-time player 
you let you let them go back there for usually not more than a couple of years because you don't want to risk injury, et cetera. So, uh, but Jalen Waddle is a huge special teams weapon and just gives to a, a tremendous, tremendous, tremendously gifted player uh, to get the ball to in a multitude of ways, whether it be uh, in the slot, whether it be a wide, whether it be deep, great speed, jet sweeps. He is uh, an incredibly exciting player when he gets his hands up. Well, the reason Panay Sewell didn't go five or six is because I had him under six and a half. That explains it. So that's why he went seven. I didn't get the memo that apparently all the wide receivers were reuniting with their former quarterbacks. Had I received that fax, I wouldn't have made that bet and would have went a little bit harder on Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell. Instead, I went with working on Pac-12 radio and hearing this dude's name thrown out every day a thousand times. Congrats to the Lions. Great. Great. And as soon as Jalen Waddell does get selected, you see uh, the Giants trade down because by all accounts, that's who they had their uh, heart set on and to get another weapon. But surprisingly, uh, they trade with the Eagles. They don't take Devontae Smith because uh, they wanted Waddle apparently. They trade down and they go behind. They're, they're still in a very good position. Because they're where they could have gotten Waddle, or they could have gotten excuse, where they could have gotten uh, Smith at ten, or they could have gotten arguably the best defensive player in the draft thought by many. And instead, they trade behind the Cowboys, that allows the Eagles to take Smith, who obviously they did not want. But then, after the Cowboys lose out to your team on Patrick Sertan, the quarterback they wanted. They get arguably the best defensive player in the draft uh, who would have clearly helped the Giants. And the Giants move down, and not only do they move down and not take the defensive player, they take, in my mind, an overdraft in the wide receiver from Florida who I, I guess they would have rather had a little bit of extra draft cachet and Tony versus taking the Heisman Trophy winner. I don't get that, but that's just my opinion. They obviously had a high opinion of Tony, uh, and I didn't. I watched Tony play a lot. I think he's a good player. I think Smith is a special player. So I was surprised at that pick by the Giants when they could have gotten a very a real impact defensive player uh, had they just stayed where they were. Which leaves us at the number nine pick. The Denver Broncos on the clock, and I hollered on this program for Justin the past Fields. two weeks that if Justin okay. Fields was there at nine, you absolutely have to take him. We say nobody circles the wagons like the National Football League because for whatever reason, that's the case every day. And it started early in the day with the announcement of Tim Tebow reaching out to the Jaguars requesting to work out as a tight end to potentially come back to the National Football League. And folks, remember that this is a love affair, player-coach. Uh, the new coach of the Jags is, of course, his, his, his coach in Florida. They have a great relationship. And uh, Urban Meyer, if there's any place that Tim Tebow is going to get a second chance, another chance to play in the NFL, it's going to be with Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And remember, Jacksonville, right, uh, 
basically uh, a stone's throw from Gainesville, uh, where they play the world's largest other cocktail party uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, where, why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? You can't play quarterback in the NFL. Who says you can't play tight end? I was just surprised that it came out today of all days. Why would the Jaguars want that to be part of the news stories when they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence tonight? But that didn't be the story that took over the news for long. Because shortly no, thereafter, came at, then came Adam Schefter. Shortly thereafter, and and not then came Shefty. Not more then than like Shefty. an hour after Schefter had also reported on Tim Tebow. Reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with the Green Bay Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team league and team sources told ESPN on Thursday. More on NFL Live now. 104.9 thousand likes so far on the old Twitter machine, Al. I'm sure you're keeping up with that. Just a complete bombshell of news. Whether or not we could see this coming or know it to be true, for it to happen on the day of the draft. I mean, the Packers cuck him last year by drafting Love. He voiced his displeasure whenever he could about them trading for his successor when he's playing incredible football. Not only does he cuck the Packers, he does it to the whole league. Forget about your storylines. Forget about your draft. Talk about me. Such an incredible break of news, which continued to grow as the day wore on. Now teams are going after Aaron Rodgers. He's headed to San Francisco for the third pick of the draft and more. Here we go. And they're not even going to have to give up their pick. Okay, they're going to get the third pick. They're going to keep their pick. And they're going to get a boatload of picks and players. I enjoy uh, the analysis from some people of... You know, the Broncos are interested, the Raiders, a couple of teams. All 31 teams should be interested in Aaron Rodgers, Al. Maybe not the Chiefs. That's it. Every other team in football should be going after Aaron Rodgers. It's not exactly breaking news that teams are interested. The whole league is fucking interested. But my team, the Denver Broncos, all of a sudden gains momentum as the team that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to. Rumors are swirling. We're getting Mark Schlereth on national radio in Denver saying that the, the trade is done. Deals on Unbel- done. Here he comes to Denver. I don't know for whom. Colin Coward says, have your green Bay. How do you not take the call? I don't Gotta know take for the call. what. Got to take the call. Got to take the call from San Francisco. Got to tra- take the call from anybody who's making these. Got to take the call uh, from the whole league. What offers? Where were the offers? That's exactly what I'm trying. Where to were the, at, were, you, where were the offers? I don't know. The offers, the offers were on. I know where the offers were. The offers were on Twitter. Twitter. Twitter doesn't make trades. That's a good point. Twitter is not a general manager. Twitter is not a team owner. Twitter is not a coach. Twitter is a bunch of people trying to make names for themselves by putting out bullshit stories made up that have no real validity to them whatsoever so they can be retweeted, and have followers, and more people can talk about what they're tweeting. Forgotten in a day or two. What's the big deal? Nobody cares. Who gives a shit? Because tomorrow there'll be more shit thrown up against the wall and see if it sticks. And nobody will remember I made an ass nine statement and an ass nine prediction 
and something that had absolutely no validity to it whatsoever. Adam Schefter, Mark Stinkschlereth, Greeny. In other words, the ESPN coverage blows with Greeny as the host. Please. You got to be bad. That's the guy they select. I mean, I, I've had enough Greeny up to my eyeballs. The Greeny show. Okay, it's Get Up with Greeny. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. It's Greeny hosting the draft. Greeny. It's me, Greeny. Me, Greeny. Greeny the tool. Unbelievable. 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 Just more crocs of crap. Made up bullshit. Just so people can see their names on their phones. And, oh, I got, I got 337, 532 followers. Oh, did, you, did I get the credit on Twitter? Did you retweet? How many times did you get retweeted? Yeah, here's the bullshit that was retweeted, Adam Schefter. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Headed out of town. Aaron Rodgers ain't going nowhere. This year, next year, or anytime soon. Plain and simple. I can tell you what I'm going to guarantee. I'm going to guarantee that the Green Bay Packers are going to take a wide receiver in the first round. That's what I'm going to guarantee. And you want to tweet that out right now? Why don't you tweet that out for me right now? Al from White Plains, old report, tweets out through the new report that the Green Bay Packers will take a wide receiver at the end of the first round, guaranteed. See how many followers I get. I have no idea. So there's that. on Twitter. That's happening. It starts seeping in the back of your mind as a Broncos fan. It has to. Like, is this really going to Aaron Rodgers? This stuff is mind numbing. It makes us out to be idiots. That's what they do. They make us out to be just dumb cattle. Just like you're going to herd us along somewhere by throwing this junk out there and think we believe it. What's the source? What's the source? What, what was the source that Aaron Rodgers didn't want to go back? Have we got the source? No. Unnamed. Everybody. Well, there, unnamed. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing that the most, the most well-known sources of all stories are unnamed sources. It's the same guy all the time. It's always the same guy. Mr. Unnamed source. Amazing. Mr. Unnamed source is the greatest source of misinformation in all of sports played quite the role tonight, Mr. Unnamed Source. He's everywhere. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Denver has been struck by lightning already in getting Peyton Manning. I don't expect that to happen twice. So once the draft gets going and once players start falling into place, we're in the perfect position to have Justin Fields fall right into the Broncos lap at nine. I'm ecstatic. Here we go. The Broncos haven't had an answer quarterback for five seasons. They've drafted in the top season for three of them. Top three pick. Three top 10 pick three times. Haven't done anything with it. That's worked at the quarterback position and now still haven't because they decided to go with Patrick Sertain of Alabama to be a cornerback. Fantastic player, obviously going to help their defense. Yes, we get all those things, but you still have drew Locke 
and now Teddy Bridgewater as your two quarterbacks, and you're apparently okay with that for one. For two, we see the Bears trade to get Justin Fields just a little while later. You couldn't have hopped on the phone with Chicago and got a couple picks to have them trade with you? Now, the Cowboys most likely would have taken him at 10, but that's okay. You got picks, and you still got options. It was reported that after acquiring Teddy Bridgewater, George Payton, not to be confused with George Patton, despite the missing T, cooled on quarterbacks for number nine pick once they got Teddy Bridgewater. Exactly. He didn't give up on Drew Locke's potential. Teddy is a leader slash mentor for still young offense. Should be a true quarterback competition in OTAs, training camp, and preseason. So this is going to set up the Denver Broncos for, what, the 2020 Rams season? The Texans year a couple years back? You can have an elite defense, and that's going to mask your okay quarterback play, but it's, it's just once again, putting a bandaid over a wound. What now you still don't have any answers. And I don't understand how you don't, how you can say it was also reported once Trey Lance went at three, that was going to be their guy at nine. They were going to take Trey Lance, our boy. So once he goes, that's apparently it at the quarterback spot. What? Why? How is Justin Fields not in the same sentence as Trey Lance? How is he not the, well, we didn't get A, but we can get 1A. Thank God. If, if you were still going to take a quarterback, then you must take Justin Fields. But I figured that once they traded for Teddy Bridgewater, they weren't going to take a quarterback. Now, if the mindset was we're going to take Trey Lance if he's available, and we're going to have three quarterbacks, which I don't get with Locke on Bridgewater. Doesn't make any sense. You know, the, the trade for Bridgewater makes no sense if your plan was to take a quarterback that you loved if he was available. Doesn't make sense. Because, as you said, if you love Lance, how did you not love Fields? And you take whichever one's available at nine. Or eight or nine? Nine. Nine. So if you're going to take Lance at nine. How do you not take Fields at nine? But as I said, if you trade for Bridgewater, I don't understand why you take another one of them. Fell right into their lap. Now, if they want to tout putting together one of the best defenses in the league. By the way, folks, that's six first round picks for the Crimson Tide. The only one, uh, Jalen Waddell, Patrick Sertan, your guy. Dysman Trophy winner Devontae Smith. Matt Jones. Najee Harris just went to the Steelers. Excellent pick. The surprising pick, according to Mel Kuyper, who ripped this one to shreds, was Leatherwood, the offensive line. Laughed on the uh, air. Not that he's not a good player, <laughs> but a second-round pick, according to Mel. Laughed on the air about it. Uh, there's there's some audio floating around the old Twitter machine. Yeah, the so, Alabama team is is last year's LSU team in this year's draft. Everybody that's exactly right. That's that's why the game, I'm, the game we needed to see was – Last year's Alabama team against the year before's LSU team. That would be an all-time game. Two all-time offenses. First one to 50 wins. 
The Broncos still need to answer the question, where do you go from here? You, you honestly think Drew Locke is going to be the guy. I mean, defense. even if you have the number one defense of late in this quarterback driven league, that has not been the answer. Previously, it could be when the teams that had the number one defense got to the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson won, then he lost, and then Peyton Manning won. Oh, yeah, Peyton Manning lost as well to Russell Wilson. So the number one defense has mattered then, but now it's become you lose in the divisional round. You lose in the wild card round. What I would have done, we're not sold on lock. I believe you have to have some patience. I believe you got to have the guys got to be healthy and you got to give them a chance. And I think this would be the year that is his full blown chance. But if you're not sold on that, I don't understand how you don't take fields. Right. If you're all in and you say he's our guy and there's not even a doubt about it. Okay. Everybody can get behind that. Pat Peyton is new. George Peyton. That is. We'll get behind whatever you want. You're going to want to do defense, get weapons around him, whatever. Fine. But if it comes out that Trey Lance was who you were going to draft, and then you don't. But where did that come from? A couple different Did that come from Denver? Was that the unnamed source Uh, again? One of them was Benjamin Albright, who's got a pretty because Because that doesn't make sense in light of trading for Teddy Bridgewater. Three quarterbacks is, is, you know, I'm not going to say two too many, but it's clearly one too many. Unless they knew the Niners were going with Trey Lance to begin with, which some people said that was the plan all along. This Mac Jones thing was just smoke and mirrors. Maybe that they was knew the plan that, all along. I don't understand why you had to give up the cash and do either. that. But if you're, if you're on board with Trey Lance, I don't know how you're not also on board with Justin Fields. Well, I don't know what we're missing. I don't understand. That's all. I love, I mean, he's a great cornerback. The defense is going to be fantastic. He sure is. But I have to he watch sure the is. offense, too. He sure is. I have to watch the offense, too. And the Bears, like, like we said, I don't know what's happened to the world of the National Football League. Upside down, Bears got Tilted it done. on its head because there wasn't a draft in person last year because we're looking at the Jets and the Bears and saying they did a great job in the NFL draft. In the first round, Jet. there's still time. For well, stupid, if, 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 if you love, if you like the quarterback, if you like the quarterback and even if you don't, they're so behind it. You have to respect it. He's the guy you want. Okay. Go after your guy. Whether or not he works out, we'll find out, but at least go after your guy. And then they get the offensive line from USC to help protect him. They've added weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Look, they're, they're all in with the BYU kid. It's as simple as that. God bless them. You know, he's their guy. Sam Darnold was their guy. We saw what happened. I would I would have stuck with Sam. Yeah. And you know, taking that second second pick and added a big time player or traded traded down for more uh, for more impact players, but you know, that's that's what they chose to do, so be it. You could argue again what evidence has Zach Wilson given you playing at BYU that's that much better? than what Sam Darnold was going to give you this year if you put the right pieces around him. Right. We'll and Sam Darnold still, Sam Darnold's still in 23. Still in 23. And then we had the 15th pick, the New England Patriots, and in the most Patriot way possible. Didn't have to lift a finger. Didn't even have to turn the TV on. 
oh, the Patriots are going to have to trade up, trade up to eight, they trade up to nine. I think the Patriots go up to Carolina. They're on the phone with Carolina. Trade up. You think Obviously, Bill Belichick is shaking in his boots to trade with somebody to make sure he gets who he wants? Please. His guy dog was wanted. probably sitting at the computer again this year. Hell, he didn't need to even be in the room. Guy that he wanted was right there for him. Never a doubt. Mac Jones behind, just can... falls right into his lap, and Mac Jones ran from that green room to shake sprint. Roger Goodell's hand like he's never seen anybody before. Sprint couldn't get there fast enough. Get me out of here. The cameras are on me. I'm I'm going Love into that life. Brady Quinn, Lamar Cam, Jackson mode. Get me out of sit here. Sit behind Cam for a year. Couldn't ask for anything better if you're New England. That's exactly the perfect case scenario. We got a quarterback. Now, you could argue that, How about that? Mac Jones was tr- throwing to better receivers at Alabama than he'll throw to receivers in New England this year. There's that. But you have to play and with folks, what you get. We have teammates reunited once again as with their second pick in the first round. The Jacks select Travis Etienne. <laughs> oh, boy. Where was this memo? We could have been on the breaking news outlets across the country if we knew teams were just going to reunite quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. That's the fourth pair. I'll tell you, that's a great backfield to have. Trevor Trevor Lawrence Lawrence and Travis Travis Etienne. Etienne, That's not too shabby to have under Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Not too shabby at all to have that. Kelly reunites. Heisman Trophy winner Jalen Hurts. Yes. And Miami reunites Jalen Waddle and Tua. Together again. Big time college teammates, national champions, all brought back together for their pro careers. How cool is that? I love Travis Etienne. He was great for Clemson. It was a joy to get to cover him. Well, both those guys on ACC radio, obviously, for what they Tremendous to do. pick. Love this pick. That's a great pick. Love this pick. It was interesting, too, to hear the recap analysis highlight videos for Jalen Waddle. They're comparing him to a certain wide receiver on the Kansas city chiefs, forgetting that Tua was lucky last year to throw it more than 20 times a game. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to let him have a little bit more control this year, but he's throwing 18, 20 passes a game and he's going to be thrown at 60 yards down the field to Jalen Waddle. Are they going to let him do that? Let's hope he's the guy. He was averaging, what, 44 yards per reception or some ridiculous stat? Yeah, Jalen Waddell was electric. You got to just throw it up in the air and he'll go catch it. The question is, are the Dolphins going to let Tua do that? Because it was little passes, little runs. He's going to have to make – remember, he got thrown into the fire very quickly. Right. I'm assuming it'll be different. It's magic. Well, they just decided to go with him. He – look, I – I don't love Tua. I think Tua has to be a better decision maker. I think Tua tries to do too much. I think Tua has a better job of staying in the pocket and staying on his receivers and not giving up the pocket. I think he leaves too soon. And I'm not sold on his arm strength. Throws a nice ball, but I'm not convinced he can make all the throws. Right. Uh, I I liked Herbert better. Now, look, Herbert was tremendous. But again, what do you build on? Tua's got to get better. He must get better. Can Herbert 
continue to improve and take it from a tremendous rookie season and continue to build on, or will he fall back? That's what we talked about before. That's what we don't even call it greatness. Let's call it goodness. Okay. How about that? Let's not anoint everybody is great, but feel really good. That requires consistency. That requires continued improvement. That requires work, effort, improvement in all aspects of the game, mentally, physically. What can you do to improve yourself? Because everybody else is always trying to improve. And the same way they find you out as a baseball player, find holes in your swing, they'll find holes in your game as a quarterback. They watch the film. They pick up your tendencies. They go to school on what you do, and next year is going to be harder. So how do you improve those weaknesses? How do you get better? We'll see what happens with Justin Herbert because he was clearly far better as a rookie than Tua was. What happens in their second year? We're not going to have time to talk about the remainder of the draft. We have seven or eight picks left. It's approaching 1130 Eastern, which – Great for the East Coasters trying to get sleep. We're hoping that hometown Al, team is on the clock. We're hoping that Al can stay up for the Ravens pick at least. Yeah, my first pick is next, right after the Browns pick. That's why I went a little bit longer with you. Hopefully, the, they don't take anybody the energy that I want. Going. We'll see. Is there anything real quick that you think needs to happen for any specific team or for any specific player for the rest of this round and, and for the remaining rounds that'll come Friday and Saturday or? Are we just happy to watch and see what happens? Well, as I said, the Packers have got to take a wide receiver. There's still plenty of them left just to quell these rumors that their quarterback is not happy. Plain and simple. And remember, folks, this is only night one of the draft. You've got a full weekend ahead. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Folks, from my part of the great John Tiny Lunds, I am Al Renato, AKL from White Plains. Enjoy the rest of the NFL draft and have a great and safe sports weekend. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.